Episode 115 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Phil Foriska. Hey, everybody. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And the return of Jeremy Razook. What's up, everyone? Hey, big pressure on you today. Yeah. Phil, Pete's not here. So that means someone's got to fill in his shoes. In Talk about bees. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. He's, he's quit the bee That's ever true. since his genocide of bees he uh but he does sing the newsaroos so you're up for that challenge or do we need to pass that on to someone else you know what i'm happy to sing the newsaroos in honor of pete that would be great killed bees so today's episode everybody is we're going to be talking about this is an article that's recently published in hotel executive that uh, was written by us and it's kind of two things one it's it's how to drive direct bookings top 10 ways to drive direct bookings in 2019 but it's really i want us people to start thinking about something we've talked about a few episodes ago on the show but that is you know not only is it a problem if your reliance on otas is too heavy from a profitability standpoint but it could be a threat to your very existence as a hotel as we potentially come up to a downturn in the economy so we'll get into that but first I'm going to have you sing the jingle. What's going on in the newsaroos? With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for newsaroos. Wow. I don't think you put your entire effort into that, but it was a... But I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You followed the tune pretty pretty good. So now's the point I tell you we don't actually have any newsaroos today. That was just a complete setup for you. Well, everyone, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad you got to hear me sing. Yeah. Pete's job is threatened until... Britney's husband gets off his butt and makes an actual jingle for us, which we talked about last week. That was for the stat of the week, though. I thought we were going to keep the stat of the week as the thing. Maybe. I like that. Can you you do that one more time? (laughs) 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 That's exactly how it sounded. (laughs) Digital turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I've been called worse, to be fair. (laughs) All right, so so let's jump into this. You, You know, the OTAs became prominent back in the last time we had a really downturn in the economy, 2008, 2009, when hotels that that had been doing fine all of a sudden found out that their typical channels for driving new business disappeared overnight. And, uh, you know, so they turned to OTAs. They said, hey, these new third-party things that are out there, they can generate new guests that I can't reach on my own. So yeah, let me have some of that. And that that's great. It was win-win for everyone, right? It was connecting guests with the hotels that they wanted. It was connecting hotels with the guests they needed. And the Expedia's of the world were making money doing that. So nothing wrong with that. That's that's free market solution. But what's happened since then, in the decades since then, is a lot of marketers have, have really rested on their laurels and said, okay, I need more demand this weekend instead of me coming up with a creative campaign or spending a little money to, to try some advertising. Let me just turn on this magical faucet over here. That's Expedia or booking.com. And I, I do that and magically people show up to my hotel room. So it's easy and it's lazy. Uh, and I get why people have done it, but a lot of folks have done it to the point where they're 40, 50, 60% reliant on OTAs, which, you know, if, if you can live that way, you can be profitable as a company that way great but but start thinking about what what is going to happen what are you going to do when the economy turns down what what is what is your go-to new source of business right people are going to start traveling less as as we saw last time i I think uh you know being reliant on otas is is awful in that sense where if that's the only source of business you have, and we, like you said, you said 50, 60, we've seen some higher than that, 80, 90% relying on OTAs. Right. And you know, when those sites stop getting all the visits that they're getting now. So if there's fewer people traveling, and, and they're probably going to be spending less, so that means you've got to increase your slice of the pie. You've got to go and out-compete the, the hotel next door, and you, you also are probably going to be in a situation where your ADR is going to be dropping. You know, you're not going to be able right. to maintain an increase in ADR. So your profit margins are going to be reduced. It, at the same time that your labor, there's labor shortages and costs are going up. So this is really a, a potential catastrophe for properties 
because you you will have fewer people spending less money and you're spending more money to maintain those people you know so i mean you may not you as a property may not survive in that scenario and i hate to paint that bleak picture we're, we're kind of optimistic here on the fuel hotel marketing podcast most of the time but and i don't really say this just to scare people but i really want to kick people up the butt and have them realize okay now is the time you have the opportunity to dabble a little bit and, and get a better marketing mix and try new channels because you do have the profit margins there. ADR has been going up. Occupancy has been going up over, over the last decade. So you, now is the time where you need to be figuring out ways to spend some discretionary funding trying new things, whether that's you know, Google Hotel ads, whether that's TripConnect, whether that's Airbnb, whether that's experimenting with, with local portal sites and partnerships. And There's a lot of options out there. And even if those channels aren't new to you, there's definitely ways you can enhance your performance on there. So optimizing those channels, I think, is a is another great option. Yeah, and and then re-evaluating. Now is the time to really spend time scrutinizing things like your your paid advertising, and making sure that you're capitalizing on all the things that Google's doing to allow you to maximize your footprint on the, on the search engines and and things like that. So, you know, with with that said, what we've done is come up with ten ways 10 things you can do to today to drive more direct bookings that anyone can implement this this stuff it's 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 really very much marketing 101 but what i want you to do as you're listening through this episode is really to think about okay what what am i going to do to make sure this happens how how am i going to spend my time next week saying okay i need to start implementing this i need a i need a strategy today to reduce reliance on otas not just because It'll help me from a bottom line perspective, but because my very survival may depend on it in the future. So, you know, our clients here, we'd like them to be in the 10 to 20% or lower range. You know, most of them are hovering around 12% reliant on OTAs, which I think is a healthy place to be. But not the most companies that come to us, most hotel groups and individual hotels that come to us are a lot further north than that, you know. So, it is possible to get yourself down and, and depending on your destination and the type of property that it's there's not a golden number to that you're going to hit but it can be certainly lower tomorrow than it is today but it is going to require energy and effort and maybe investment from you today while you can afford that energy and investment today but you have to you have to be the one to make that move so with that all said it's a very bleak, it's probably our bleakest ent- entrance into an episode we've ever done. I think so. Yeah. Hey, you're going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you listen to these top 10, ten things. things that you can do to reduce your reliance on OTAs. So let's start with number one. Number one is having a super fast mobile friendly website. This is incredibly important if you've ever used um, either an app or an OTA's mobile experience on their site you know how easy they are to use you know how they're using um, different tactics to to push people through their funnel and book with them Um, they're they've invested so much money to make their mobile experience great you have to ask yourself how how does your mobile experience compare would someone want to use your website to book or is it just easier for them to go to an OTA this is a no-brainer. It's 2019, folks. It's 2019. Most of our clients are getting upwards of 60% of traffic on a mobile device. I should say a mobile phone. That's not even including tablet. 60% of people are coming to your site on a phone, dude. And as we've said yeah. before, we've seen the revenue numbers increasing on the, on there as well. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're almost over 50%. Yeah, yeah. a lot. We've got oh, dozens we've, now that are yeah. over 50 So. There, there was a stat, and we mentioned it on last week's show as well, but we were just releasing our 2019 Leisure Travel Study, and there's a stat on here which probably stood out to me and punched me in the face more than any other point of data in this whole thing. And that was that 87% of people visit the hotel website before booking their hotel. Now, regardless of how they book, whether it's through an OTA or whatever, direct with you, pick up the phone, doesn't matter even if they didn't book online even if they booked with their voice over the phone 87 percent of people period are visiting the hotel website so that tells me if if you're 60 70 percent reliant on otas but 80 percent of people came to you you missed your shot 
at a big chunk of people. There's and, a lot of money being left yeah, on the table. And why did you do that? You know, a lot of hotels, you know, say say your conversion rate on your website is 4%, right? Very generous. In in, in Very if you're generous. a resort, well, if it depends on your destination and sure. city versus resort destination. There's a lot of things, but somewhere between say 1 and 4%, right? That means 96 out of every 100 people that came to your site did not book when they came to your website. Now, even if you can convince one or two of those 96 people to, to stay and book by answering their questions and having a great frictionless booking experience, that moves the needle tremendously in terms of the number of direct bookings. Even if you can get two of 96 people, say, say you were at 4%, right? And 4% conversion rate. And two of the other 96 people you can get to book, you just added 50% extra to your revenue from your your website. Of people that were already there right. that you didn't pay any more money to get. Right. These are people that, yeah, they're, they're already actively looking for the destination, looking at your property and took the time to come and land on your website. Right. And, and taking this back to the mobile friendliness, I mean, there, there are tools out there where you can check this yourself. Google has a mobile friendliness checker. Um, they have page speed, like page load speed tools that you can look and see, you know, is your site fast enough? Are you, are you hurt are you hurting yourself by having a slow site? So use the free tools available to you to find out, you know, how, how your website's really performing. And start looking at your website from the consumer's perspective perspective you know when you're testing your website when you add content to your website look at it on your mobile phone stop looking at it by default on your desktop because consumers aren't looking at it on your desktop by default that means you shouldn't be either there you go number two make sure your booking engine doesn't let you down <laughs> this might be my favorite one raise your hand if your booking engine lets you down <laughs> And part of this goes back to number one, because if you have a booking engine that's not mobile friendly, I have some words for you. And they're not good ones. No, that that booking engine, I mean, that's the last step. That's the last piece of your mousetrap, right? So you can get them to your site, but if you don't make it easy for them to book, especially on mobile, I mean, they'll leave and they'll book with someone else that does make it easy. Yeah, there's so many things, potential problems with the booking engine and, and so many that the big booking engine providers make that's really frustrating because it's, it's not necessary in today's with today's technology and like the it's ones just that lazy. So many steps before you actually right. Either book. too many yeah. clicks, they're asking for too much information um, or even simply like they open in a new tab. Yes. Like, like why open a booking yep. engine in a new tab? That makes absolutely no sense. None. You know, think go go try that experience on a mobile phone and see what it's like when a new tab opens and you still want to go back and look at something on the website. Guess what? Not every consumer knows that your logo links back to your homepage. You know that because you're a pro prosumer, right? You you are in the industry. You understand that. Most consumers don't understand that. They do what they're told. And when you lose your navigation and your booking engine looks nothing like the rest of your website, you are losing some of those 96 people. So stop it. Stop it right now. Booking engines should integrate completely with your website. They should look identical. They should even, you know, our booking engine even stays on your domain. You're not even, what? You're not even leaving your website domain. It stays on yourhotelwebsite.com. That, that's what you should demand. And then beyond, beyond the actual interaction with it, Use the same psychology tactics that the, the OTAs are using, like fear of missing out in and social proof and all that fun stuff that that's, we talk about. That's tunnel. number three, 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 some of it's sort of made up. Sure. Sort of. We, we've definitely <laughs> seen that's the case where... But nonetheless... You can you can go search for one room, and they're like, you have one room left. And then you go back, make the same search, two rooms. There's only two rooms left. And they go, oh, I see what you're doing there. So, I mean, people people definitely play around with this psychology quite a bit, almost to the point of, you know, it's 
untrue, but don't uh, do that either. <laughs> it's don't, there's a balance between uh, encouragement and manipulation. Yes. So, but I think we stay um, on the right side of that. Some, some of, like what Jeremy mentioned, social proof saying, you know, so many people have booked this room in the past or in the past 24 hours, we've seen this room type book this many times. It yeah. just social proof you. works. The, the concept that people are more likely to do something if they know a lot of other people have already done it, it, it eliminates doubt and, and it works every time. Booking.com is the best. Go go on. I do this in a lot of my um, presentations where I'll take a screenshot of Booking.com and highlight all the different psychology things they have going on. You know, for, from all the stuff we're talking about to to they they anticipate the questions like, oh, well, what's the cancellation policy? And it's right there in bold. Or how much do I have to pay today? It's right there in bold. And then they just push people through. So they're reducing friction and nudging people. There was an article, um, Ed St. Ange from our friends at Frito slash flip dot two. Um, he sent an article to me earlier today and it was someone that broke down Amazon's uh, shopping cart funnel and on each page, all of the questions they're answering. So anticipating what the consumer is going to have in their head as to what they want to feel, what they're, what they're fearful of, you know, what they want to see next setting expectations, all that stuff. And they broke down Amazon and all the things that they're doing from a psychology perspective. I'll link to it in the show notes because it's it's one of the best illustrations of what we're talking about. How no one goes backwards in their funnel. No, never, right? And, and there's never a point in Amazon where you're like, I need to go find something else to answer a question that I have right now. Because right. every answer to every question you have oh, is you like on this that page. Too? Oh, yeah. yes, please. Yeah, what, else, what else are people looking yeah. at? Like, what What if this? What about this? They they anticipate it flawlessly, and, and it's down to a science. Well, and we've seen the OTAs take those same very same tactics, like we just mentioned, and they incorporated it themselves. That's why people feel so comfortable booking with them. This is, and this is why you need to do that, too, so you don't, you're not so reliant on OTAs. Going for four, 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 four. Offer incentives to book direct and make sure they're visible. This is a big one, and and we see it more and more. At least I do in TV commercials from the the big hotel chains. They're really making a push for this, as should all hotels. And guess what? Since they've been doing it, their reliance on OTAs has decreased, and their number of direct bookings has increased. There's, there's been a lot of studies out recently that that show that it's having a, a real meaningful impact and on their business. They, I feel like they're. Honestly, the the big guys are helping you as the small independent hotelier, making people more aware. Book direct, more comfortable with booking direct. Yeah, book direct and save is something they yep. say. All right. right, stop so, clicking around. So thank it pays you to book direct. Thank There's you, lots of Marriott Hilton, yeah. for spending advertising dollars for all of our little guys. But I think you know, if we're looking at that, those ninety six people, there's a number of them that probably don't get what book direct means. But it doesn't matter. The point is, they're comparing again over. 87% of people are, say, are coming to your website. They're probably, a lot of them are also going to Expedia or Booking.com. And, and it's there's a decision they have to make. You have to tip it in your the balance in your favor by saying, okay, if you book here, you're going to get the same rates over there. And please make you know, sure that that is the case, for it, heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be the same pro- property. It's going to be the same room. It's going to be the same staff. But guess what? You also get this stuff. You might get free parking. You might get faster Wi-Fi. You might get free bottles of water. You might get discounts off of purchases on property. There's so many things you can do. I would say, you know, figure out what the cost is to add those perks. If it's less than what you're paying to an OTA in commissions, then it's worth do- absolutely worth doing. A $5 bottle of champagne in the room goes a long way. <laughs> And tailor it to the guests, right? Not everyone's going to want champagne, but sure. but you know, probably everyone would would appreciate two free bottles of water when they checked in and a thank you for booking direct. You know, having that conversation and letting them aware, it, this is hand to hand combat, people. You've you've got to train your staff to make sure not only do you have the incentives online and encourage people to book, but when people come and stay with you that didn't book direct, that you're educating each and every one of them. And if every hotel does that over time, the consumers in general are going to become more aware of it. Yeah, and while it's probably going to cost you some to add those incentives in the long term and short term, it's going to yeah probably pay off because you're building loyalty. If you get a return guest; it's worth it. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, e- even if you end up, you know, net profit the same with a direct booking versus an OTA booking, the fact that you controlled that booking, the fact that you have the consumer's contact information, you're ahead. Yes. So be willing to spend a little money to spend to splurge it on your direct and, booking. And this kind of goes back to, you know, you say make it visible. This is the type of stuff that works really well in your ad copy or in call outs and things of that nature where maybe don't say book direct because that's an industry term. I and mean, we all know what that means. A lot of people know what that means, but some don't because yeah. they book so direct means I'm booking. It yeah. yeah. doesn't matter where it came from. So yeah. book on official site, call yourself the official site and say book on official site for free Wi-Fi, whatever it is. Right. That type, just coach the the dumbest person that might stay with you into doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, everyone's aware of Expedia and Booking.com at this point, right? So I don't think there's any harm even calling them out by name and saying, if you book with us and don't book with these guys, here's the benefit of that. You know, I think you be overt and direct about it as possible. It should be on all your marketing campaigns. It should be front and center on your homepage. It should be throughout your booking funnel, especially on the checkout page. You know, because once someone's put selected their room selected their rate code got to that part where they can put in their credit card that's that that's that tipping point where people there's a big opportunity to close them but there's a huge fear on that person because that's when they're committing it's and, a big purchase pe- people are always fearful of commitment oh, so can i get this cheaper this is where you push them over the edge and, and th- throw it right in their face on that page if you book right now <clears throat> here's what you get make it a no-brainer for them all right. Speaking of no-brainers, number five. <laughs> Answer all the questions the guests may have. As we just said about Amazon, like there's no doubt about what that purchase process looks like, and there you don't have any concerns when you're buying something off Amazon. Do the same thing on your website. Make sure every piece of information that your guests could possibly need is available and easily found on your website in the booking process. Yeah, and you're not going to nail this first time, but it's it's an evolving process i think there's there's three things that every hotel website should do and i will say i'll put raise my hand and say not not all our clients do this we encourage it but it, it's hard right it's difficult to do these three things time consuming right it, it's effort it's energy and maybe expense right one you should have an faq a, a very robust faq and if you don't know what questions to put on it, go talk to your reservationists. Also, because they're go, getting the questions. Go consult your Google My Business listing. People will ask questions on yeah. there all the and time. And you should be responding to them. Yeah, definitely. Well. And if, if people aren't asking questions, the questions you know people have about your property, you go ask those questions on your Google My Business and right. post them, right? So, number one, have an FAQ. Have a really good FAQ. And don't just put it on an FAQ page that's buried in the site. Put those FAQ questions throughout the site at the relevant points right so they're wherever they are number two have a live chat on your website because when people have a question they have a choice a lot of people's choice is not going to be to pick up the phone a lot of people are going to go back to google and search for that thing if you have a live chat on your site there's a there's a percentage of those 96 people that bail that will actually use it And I'm not talking about a chat bot. I don't want you to automate this. I want you to have a live reservationist ready to answer this. Don't try to automate stuff that you don't need to be automating. You should never give up the opportunity to have a conversation with your guests. So live chat is great, not only because it it helps increase your conversion rate because it's eliminating hurdles, but it's another way that you can find out what questions your website is not answering, right? So you can see from the the data and from talking to your reservationist, a lot of people are, are using the live chat and asking these seven questions repeatedly. So, okay, my content isn't doing its job. And then the final thing that you should do is have a search, have an actual keyword search at the top of every page on your website. Not not a booking widget search, but an actual keyword search where people can search for information. That That is gold because not only will that get people to where they need to go quicker if it's a good search, but now you have that data of what people are typing in and again it closes the loop so if you see people are searching for specific things repeatedly dog friendly you yeah mm. exactly you know that you are not putting that content front and center where it needs to be on the website so just those three things really quickly are going to give you a lot more information a lot more insight and enable you to to provide the right information to the right guest at the right time well said number six 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 six, 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 six. 
So develop an email strategy that doesn't rely on spray and pray. So kind of taking an approach to email from the guest's perspective and treating your guests as an individual and not just as a mass or whole. This is a big one. And it, this is another one that is going to take some time. It's going to take some thought. And it may take a little bit of money. Uh, but it's so and well And it might, it might cost you in the short term. Yes. Right? It, it, you may see that you're not making quite as much money today as you would have if you just dumped something to the whole list. But you've got to take that sacrifice now because if you don't, you're not going to have the opportunity to serve these guests in the future. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about long-term planning to reduce your reliance. It's easy to do spray and pray. It is difficult and time-consuming to do one-to-one personalized messaging. But if you don't, you're going to erode your list over time. And, it, and you won't see it tomorrow. You won't see it the next day. But 12 months from now, there's right. going to be a marked difference. Right. Unless you adjust. And, and it's hard. I get it, right? Because a lot of the CRMs out there aren't really built to help solve this problem. You know, it, it's really cumbersome to build dynamic segments and to, and to build dynamic content and recommendations. Oh, I mean, you, it, it's absolutely difficult. But there are things that you should know about your property, such as, you know, why are people coming to stay with you? Is are, are the same people coming every year to stay with you for a certain event? Are you targeting those specific people with a email specific to said event? Um, those are those are type of things you can you can create segments of email addresses and, and send that type of email to specific guests. I mean that, like you said, Jeremy, personalization is is huge in the email game. And creating content around that, you know, if if you know that people are visiting for certain reasons, and then including that content in your emails with updated information that would be valuable to them. Or if it's an event, are you are you trying to create a relationship with that event? Can can you offer some kind of discount? Other like we said, incentives. Do you have any type of incentives? Like the, those those are the type of things you can include in an email um, to the to those guests in your segment. Yeah, it, it's interesting because we're all consumers, right? We all get spam emails from people. We all get something we signed up to years ago that we see it in our inbox and we, you know, I use Gmail, so I just check and click archive or filter it out entirely. I never look at it. And, and it's because over time that that brand, whoever it was, eroded my confidence in them and, and abused the trust that I'd given to them. Sometimes now I'll even just spam report it or, or just unsubscribe at the top there in Google, which is a negative signal that's going to erode the quality of your, your list. But the mistake they all made was they made a promise to me when I signed up that they never delivered on. So so email in general or communication in general is all about relationship building. And every time you send a message, you're either going to help build a relationship or you're going to help destroy a relationship. I want to ask you guys a question. On your birthday, do you go check your email to see what company sent you deals? Uh, or at least within a week of it? I mean, I pay attention a little more, probably. Yeah, sometimes. I do. I mean, because I, I feel like most of the companies I sign up for or have bought things from for in the past, they'll send me an email, hey, discount, it's your birthday. Yeah. I've, why not? Yeah, you know, yeah. if, especially my, if you're my a wife vacation destination. Sure. My wife will use all, all of those. You know, World Market does a phenomenal one on your mm. birthday, typically, and she'll... I think one year she got like 50% off any one item at World Market for her birthday. And we went and bought like a... Six hundred dollar piece of furniture. Yeah. Wow. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So I, I think it can work, and and it is about personalization, but it's it's about ultimately creating value, providing value to the guests. You're not trying to sell them; you're trying to help them. In in having a content strategy that does that, I, I think is really important. You know, our our CRM product, um, the AI powered CR, fuel CRM, we spent a lot of time really trying to figure out how can we solve the complexity of this in terms of the management side. So that's why we've employed machine learning to try to take some of the heavy lifting off of it so we can automatically predict what a person's likely going to want and, and provide automatic recommendations to them based on historical data from not just them but other people that look like them or have behaved like them in the future or in the past. So yeah, it, it is tough. But you know, if you're using constant contact or if you're using... Um, MailChimp or something like that, you're never going to get your, your your communications to the level that it needs to be. You really need to get something that's more hospitality specific and, and preferably with a company that backs up their software that understands marketing. They're not just selling you a product 
is selling you a mindset of how to market to people through email, SMS, push notifications, cross channel. Almost said omni channel, Melissa. You're oh, mad. Shoot, it jumped across been, the table. That would have been bad. Would have been bad. Right, what's the next one? Seven 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 seven. Push the OTAs out of the way on the channels they're hijacking. This one is near and dear to my heart. This is going right back to PPC, Google Hotel ads, um, all of the all those different channels that you're going to see OTAs competing for your brand name, for your target keywords. Don't let them steal your guest. Participate in those type of auctions. You know, TripAdvisor, CPC. You know, don't don't let the OTAs bully you out of a guest that should be yours. I mean, it's someone that's looking for you. Make sure they book with you on your website. Yeah, one of the things you really should be focused on right now is is building up your owned assets and your email database. Your guest history is one of the best owned assets you can have right now. And so, every guest you can get that came direct is someone that you can retarget later on through you know display advertising, through email, whatever channel it is but not if they book through an OTA. So suspend the money now and sacrifice potentially a little ROI in some cases on that makes sense. You should get every guest you can from your brand PPC, from GHA, from every meta channel you can get to. Do that now because later on it's gonna become more expensive and there's gonna be fewer people searching and it's gonna be harder than it is today. Another point, another point with this is Make sure you're participating in places where the OTAs cannot, where you can essentially push them out of the way. Your your CVBs and you know local portal sites, local yeah. portal sites, things like that. Um, you're not going to see TripAdvisor on there, so you better be on there for the people who do end up visiting those sites. Yeah, for a lot of our clients, we go out into the whatever destination they're in and look at who who is ranking for key, outside of OTAs and TripAdvisors, who's ranking for relevant keywords. And let's go find a way to spend money on those sites. And a lot of times you'll find that the, whatever the city is, it's Austin, Texas, someone private, not the CBB, not you know the, the chamber or whoever is the local marketing organization, wasn't smart enough to get the .com of that destination, <laughs> right, back in the day. So a private company owns, say, Austin.com or Atlanta.com or whatever it is. And they have advertising programs on there. And a lot of times they're very, very cost effective and they can generate very relevant, um, valuable traffic to your website. Yeah, a lot of times those are pretty authoritative sites. I mean, people mm -hmm. work hard on those. Yeah. All right. Number, number eight. It's your favorite, oh, favorite, it's, favorite. And I get to do number eight. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, what's your favorite number? Three. Did, did you just make that up? I it did. looked like you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a favorite number? Maybe it's a millennial thing. You a lot have, of things are millennial things nowadays. I know. They're all, yeah. all the things are millennial things. You didn't have a favorite number, right? 18. What? Who has a favorite number that's above 10? That's just Why ludicrous. do you have one that's below? Because all the favorite numbers <laughs> and are And my other is 96. My soccer number and my hockey number. That's just weird. Yeah. No, you're both wrong. The correct answer, as is Melissa eight. will tell you, is 8. That's the luckiest of all the numbers. I thought it was 7. No. Well, that's wrong. Three is like half an eight, so <laughs> what math did you really do? Not. No, he's just saying if you look if at you the look actual at drawing of it, oh. like I thought you're like I'm dividing eight by two. I'm like, no, I don't think that's how it he's, works. He's way more creative than that. Yes. Gotcha. So you're like literally slicing an eight down the middle. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, that's so. why I look at numbers. <laughs> so when no, I say number doesn't. one, you're just thinking someone just sliced eleven down the middle. Exactly. Okay, good. It's like numerology. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what number are we on? Number eight. Uh, okay. Number eight. Limit what you give the OTAs based on seasonality. And I really like this one because I think we forget that even if you have a reliance on OTAs that is higher than you'd like, it still is not a set it and forget it. Like, you don't always have to give them the same stuff. You are not obligated to be on the OTAs. You know, and, and I think it's, you know, we don't want to say OTAs are a bad thing. I think they, they serve a great purpose. They, they can reach customers you cannot reach. A lot of people, a lot of people are reaching the same customers they can reach. So, I think depending on the time of year, if it's it's peak season and you're gonna fill up regardless, pull it back. Only put on like the crazy highest priced inventory on there. You don't, you don't necessarily need it. And and experiment with it. Limit the inventory that's on there. Don't give away the farm for sure. And and 
you know, have an advantage, have something on your side that the OTAs don't have. If you're if you're afraid of this tactic, please, please just try it. Um, if you know you're going to be full, so, you know, you're probably full in the same month every year. At least a lot of destinations are. You know, look at your books, figure out when you're always full, pull back on the OTAs, right. see how it does. And if you're pacing behind for some reason, you can turn the faucet back on. But in most cases, you won't be. Yeah, what some of our clients do, which I, I like, is they'll be on the OTAs early to fill up, like hold a high rate. And then as they get closer and they're filling up and they feel like they, they got a good pace, they'll pull back on the OTAs. And then last minute, day off, OTAs tend to book well day off, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's high demand and those people tend to want, be willing to pay. So they'll jack the rate on the night before or the day off and put them back on the OTAs. That that can be pretty effective. It, it works. Yeah. All right, number nine. Number nine, 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 nine. So train your staff so that they can become soldiers in the fight. So making sure that your staff is knowledgeable about the incentives that you're offering when guests are booking direct and communicating information effectively to those guests. Yeah, your, your, your employees, your staff, the ones especially that interact with the guest are the biggest asset you have in this battle, but bar none, right? Because they really set the tone of the experience. They're the ones that when people have a good or bad experience, they're, they're writing about them in reviews. And they can communicate on a human level, one-to-one, what you need them to communicate. But they can't do that unless you train them on the why this is important. Get them incentivized somehow, you know? Have every staff member have a conversation with every guest that didn't book direct. And it could go something like, Hey, did you know that when you book direct, you get these incentives? I'm going to give them to you this time, but please book with us directly next time instead of via Expedia because it costs us more money when you do that. I don't know. Why why would you give it away if they didn't book direct with you? Tell them next time. Well, because you don't, I I think it's a mistake to penalize people. I don't think you ever want to make someone feel bad about what the choice they made, especially when they, they didn't know better. Right. Okay. So I, I think you could turn a, a potential upside into a negative if you just said, ah, guess what? You could have had this, but you don't get it. I think a better approach is to say, hey, because this is the first time you booked with us for, through an OTA, we're going to let it slide and give you the stuff. But just so you know, to get this next time, you have to book direct. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that same guest is coming back and saying. And they might, right? Some might. Yeah, hey, I booked through an OTA. Would give me my free stuff again. Some may and some might. This isn't a competition against your guest, though. No, you know what I'm not. saying? You're, You're not right. trying to win against the guest. You're trying to win against the OTAs. I'm just better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, should you have to do that? No, but but I think it's the right thing to do. We're in the hospitality business. You no, should I, be hospitable. I think one of, the, I think you touched on it earlier. One of the one of the best things that your front desk can do is, you know, how did you book with us? Oh, you booked through an OTA. Can we have your email address? Um, and then you're you're building up your email database. You're probably going to get that direct booking again. That that one's increasingly powerful. Yeah, I, I agreed. Get getting that contact information, explaining why you want it and how it benefits them. Again, the conversation is always about them, not mm-hmm. you, which leads into number ten. Oh, is it, does me? anyone want to read that one? I'll read it. Nurture the relationship. We, we could just leave it hanging. It was, it was me. <laughs> no, it was me. That's all right. Nurture the relationship with every guest. And you know why? Because you're in the hospitality business. So, therefore, you should be hospitable. Yeah. Treat treat every guest like it's your only guest, and you will be just fine. I was going to say like it's your family, but no. Some no, people are better than your family. I, I want to treat my guests better than I treat my... My kids, especially. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we are in the hospitality business. It is a cliche, but you should be an innkeeper. And, and really, if you do have that mindset of treating every guest like your only guest and, and having a conversation with them and building trust and building a relationship and offering them incentives and proving to them that, that you value that relationship and giving them value in, in everything you do. Going above and beyond to right any wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's not about taking or advantage of the guest or, or you know, winning over the guest like we just talked about. It, it's about giving them a great experience every time. And if you do that with the conversation of the difference between booking direct and not booking direct, then I think over time, th- again, this is long-term strategy. Over time, that has an impact. 
and and because it's a long-term strategy that's why we're telling you do it now before it's too late because if you start this or any of these other things once the economy turns bad it's too late that you're done right you can't you can't turn that ship at that point now is the time that you start implementing these things because if you don't again there's going to be a lot of properties go into bankruptcy either close or get bought out by opportunistic real estate investors once that economy turns around i like your one note on this article where you said you should have your front desk call previous guests 15 30 days prior to their yeah you know past day it's it's a it's a similar strategy to what we use with email yeah and we know how effective that can be a personal phone call yeah especially to someone who's repeat every year yeah that's gonna well, there's a couple of things you can do with with phone because this is the relationship game, right? Hey, Melissa, you have to hit step out, right? I do. All right, so you go take care of our awesome clients. That's what I'm gonna try and do. If they want to find you on the web, where can they do so? I am on Twitter at ma cavanagh, m a k a v a n a g h. Thanks, Melissa. Bye. Thanks. Bye, Melissa. Bye. We'll, we'll we'll manage without you for the for the podcast that we're done. Yeah, pretty Kay. much. I guess we made it through the 10 before she had to go. We did. Good job, Melissa. Thanks for stepping up. That's time. You had a busy schedule today. My pleasure. We didn't want another um, female-less episode because it felt like the last time we did that. I talked too long. Yeah. No one wants to just (laughs) listen to us. All right. So as Melissa steps out, the point I was going to make, which you brought up, was phone calls are immensely powerful, right? Because you're having a real time conversation with someone that is the best way other than face-to-face to build a relationship so there's several opportunities to call a guest right one is what you're saying which is on the anniversary of when they booked or around that time so you look at last year's guest history and see okay people booked in um, january of last year i'm going to start calling them in may and see if they want to come back and tell them how much we'd l- appreciate that and love that. Right? If you have the same guests that come to your town every year for Easter to visit family members, but they always stay with you, like right. make sure they continue to stay with you. Yeah, but, but make sure there's a one-to-one relationship. And if they've dealt with a, a specific reservationist before, that's the person that should call them. Is that tough? Is that logistically a challenge? Is it of not always it possible? Is. Are you going to have turnover? And Yeah, for sure. But if it's possible, you should try that. Another one, and I mentioned this in the article as well, which most properties don't do, and I think is is really a big miss, is call guests back that called you, right? So if I'm researching hotels and I call two or three hotels, and then I go back online and I'm searching, and, and the conversation with your hotel went something like, okay, what are your rates? This is what I'm, when I'm coming to stay. This is the room I want. Okay, now you give me the price. I need to go talk to my spouse about it before I make a decision. I'm not ready to book right now. Before they get off the phone, ask them the question, would it be okay if I check back in with you in a day or two? Or when are you looking to make this decision? Can I check in with you before that? Most you people know? will say yes. Yeah, people, when you're on the phone and you put them on a the spot, they're probably going to answer your questions. And if they don't, fine, some won't. And that's, that's fine, but there's a large percentage will. And if they say, I need to go check with my spouse, and you say, would you mind if I, I, I reach back out to you tomorrow and check to see once you've had that conversation? And they say yes, have that same person know, a good phone number? call them back. Bang. Yeah, well, the good salespeople, the first thing they ask them, if we get disconnected, what's the best number to reach you on, right? Yep. And, and 99% of people will give you that phone number. So you should already have it by that point. But now you've established a connection and an expectation that you're going to reach back out to them. So knowing that 80-something percent, 87% of people come to your website, and those people that come to your website, some of them are going to call you, and yet some of those people that call you are going to go book either another property or on an, an OTA. If you can just move the needle on a small subset of those people and call them back the next day and say, hey, did you have a chance to check with your spouse? Do we want to go ahead and move forward with selling out fast? Yeah, I, here's I don't, want, I don't want you to miss out. And because you're special, we're going to give you free parking or whatever it is. Give them that little carrot. That is tremendous at moving the needle and shifting the, the, the consumer that could have potentially been lost to an OTA or to a competitor back to a direct book. And I, I mean, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but... We see it all a lot where, where when people have interactions with reservationists, with on-site staff, and they're, they're leaving reviews with names, they're leaving reviews about the interaction they had with that person, 
when someone else reads a review like that, and we know everyone reads reviews, when someone else reads a review like that, eighty, I think it was eighty-nine percent of people will not book without reading a review. I mean, as well you should honestly read reviews. But when people read reviews like that and they see how friendly the staff is, they see you know had an interaction with so and so. That's going to make them probably want to book direct. I know that's a little offhanded, but it is. It's true. Well, I mean, it's all about relationships. I want to. I want to interact with a staff that I was told was really friendly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I want to be have friendly. a personality. Yeah. yeah. It, that's why you need to in in this economy right now, where it's low unemployment, high turnover. Do everything you can to create an environment that keeps your good staff with you long term. You know. Whether that's a bartender, receptionist, you know, call center agent, whatever it is, the more you can in- engage them in your brand, tell them why this stuff matters, get them to buy into the philosophy and the culture, and that let that shine through to your guest, the be- the more successful you're going to be. And, and I mean, that can be, you can do that, you know, in house saying, you know, in an email, a team email saying, hey, so and so did this, you know. Right. Heather yeah, at the front share desk. Those successes for sure. You know, That's probably a whole other episode where sure, we can talk we can, about yeah, culture we can get and into stuff. That, but I mean, you could like incentivize it with your staff as well. Yeah, the things that they do and yeah. making. Goals. I know a lot of hotels now do that where they'll the, the staff will get extra money in their paycheck if they're mentioned in a review in a positive way, things like that. Um, some folks do it where they'll get fifty cents for every email they capture. But the, the challenge is then you start. If you don't have the right culture, then people abuse that and they start oh, yeah. putting like yeah. no name at no name.com and junk like that, right? So you got to be careful and monitor and have, have the right coach culture. But staff, and we, we've touched on staff and training a lot in this direct booking conversation, which might sound weird, but when you really, really think about it at the end of the day, that is your ace in the hole. The OTAs have the resources, they have the power, they have the brand recognition, they have uh, consumer awareness, all this stuff that you may not have, but you control the experience. You alone control the stay. The OTAs have nothing to do with the stay. That's your opportunity in that one day, seven days, 14 days, whatever it is that that guest is interacting with your property, that's your opportunity to win their hearts and their minds and turn them from an OTA guest to a direct booking guest. And guess who's doing that? That's your staff. And that's why they're so important in this whole ecosystem. I just got an idea. I'll save it. Why? You can't tease like that <laughs> yes, on the show. Yes, so hard. I'll bring I'll bring you guys another podcast about the idea I just had. Dude, are you really going to leave us hanging? This is like some, the tease. This is like American Idol. We'll be right back. Yep. Yeah. We'll tell you who won. Yeah. After the break. I definitely just did that. All right. Yeah. Is it going to be next episode? <sighs> okay. Is that a yes? Sure. Are you committing? Sure. I'll write. I'll write you an episode. Well, so so we're recording this episode right before high tech but it will get published after high tech so we might need to do a high tech episode before then, you do then, your right. secret top secret episode that everyone's going to want to know oh, about yes. I better write this down now is it that good I better live up to the what if it's now? really bad it's going to be great I don't know if you're talking <laughs> about it's me alright <laughs> ego much so when when your idea finally comes out in to the public we're going to have people uh, audience vote on whether or not whether it was, it was worth whether it. Whether it was worth it. Wait, <laughs> is that good? Deal. You can leave all these people hanging. Yep. Man, I apologize, audience. That's how it works, though. You you make them want to. You leave them coming back. You make them want to come back. You make them just give it all away. Uh, okay. Is For, that is that how it works? See, I've been operating this whole time on this. We just jibber jabber enough, then no one will listen, and then we don't have to do this junk anymore. <laughs> it hasn't worked. Yeah. No. <laughs> Every episode we get more and more listeners. I don't know what's happening. It's crazy. But we do appreciate them. All right, so you're you're busily typing away your idea. Yes. Are you can share it with us off air after this. <laughs> you sure am. All right, good. I'm gonna need some input here. All right. So guys, listen. This we've gone through this. This is top ten reasons. Go check out this article. It's on um, hotelexecutive.com. We'll put a link in the show notes, which you can get at fueltravel.com/podcast and click on episode 115. But please, please, please take heed of the advice that we're giving you today. In in take note of the fact that we are living in the best of times right now this 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 economy has been on the hospitality industry in this economy has been increasing 
ADR and occupancy for 10 straight years. That's unprecedented. And it may not continue. It's certainly not going to continue forever. At some point, the economy might turn. It could be next year. It could be in five or 10 years. I don't know when that is. But when that is, you better be less reliant on OTAs then than you are today. And if you follow these 10 instructions that we gave you and go, there's some more notes in that um, article as well. So go read that. Start following that advice because I, I really do think that'll make a meaningful impact on your business. Again, short term, it might cost you a little bit, but in the long term, it's the right thing to do and you'll survive the downturn when your competitors don't. So off the soapbox, Jeremy, where can they find you on the web? At Twitter, you can find me at Jeremy Razook, R-A-Z-O-O-K. Is that new? Because you used to give out a Tumblr address. Yeah. With your photos well, and it's, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he just deleted all of yeah. his old, awful posts. Yeah. Did you? My all the profanity. Controversial posts. What were you controversial about? You don't want to know. Baking. Bees. It was actually my love for prequels, prequel movies. I'm a prequelist. I am a self-confessed prequelist. And if people don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I do like the prequels. I, the, over time, they've become great to me. He has a Jar Jar Binks costume. I only break it out on special occasions. <laughs> Phil, where can they find you on the web? You can find me at tw- uh, on Twitter at pfariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Uh, or if you're not into the Twitterverse, you can also send us a good old-fashioned email, info at fueltravel.com, which honestly, that's where most people are reaching out to us these days, which has been really nice. And we, we love to get the feedback from the guests anytime someone says hey i listen to your your show and it's the best part of my commute or whatever it is we we really like that that keeps us motivated to do more of this stuff uh and if you have an idea for a future topic that would be great too if there's something we've kind of touched on in one of our episodes but you'd like us to dig into it or if you have a specific question any of that stuff we'd love to hear it from you and then if you would like to we would love for you to leave a review anywhere that you listen to uh, podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that seems to make the magic algorithm kick us up higher, and then more people get to find this amazing content. And again, show notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 115. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm testing my microphone, and I really enjoyed the fact that this last episode was me testing my microphone at the end. That was a fun little uh, snippet. (laughs) Testing, testing, testing. Testing with my words and my mouth.